Okay, it is 5.30 and I think I let the board members in. Um, and that should bring us to six. One, two, three, six. So that means quorum. I'm going to let everybody else in. Hello, everyone. We're just letting everybody in and we will get started in just one moment. Makakwa, whenever you are ready. And you're on mute. I don't know if you want to be. I am pulling up the agenda items right now. So what is up first on our agenda? First up is the call to order and the hybrid meeting procedures. Okay, so it's 5.32. I think everybody's been let into the meeting. I, I think that's what I heard from Jasmine. Yes. So we call this meeting to order and we'll have Jasmine go over the hybrid meeting procedures. Great. Uh, Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Hello, everyone. Uh, I am going to talk you through a few things you need to know about participating in this meeting. Um, this meeting is being live streamed on YouTube and the public access channel. Uh, if you are participating via Zoom, we would ask that if you are a board member uh, to keep your camera on if possible so that we know that you're there. Um, for those members of the public that are attending, uh, you don't have to turn your camera on unless you would like to participate in public comment. And that will give us an indication that you would like to, to say something. Um, also, as a reminder, uh, we would ask that you state your name every time you speak so that those that are just listening to the audio can distinguish who's saying what. And for any motions that happen, um, Makakwa as chair will do a roll call vote so that it's clear who is voting um, for which item. Uh, I think you all are familiar with Zoom, but uh, if you need to mute yourself, click on that microphone icon. There may be times when I need to mute you because of some background noise, uh, so don't take any offense. I'm just trying to keep it clean for everyone else to be able to hear and participate. And I think that is it. So with that, I will turn it back over to the chair. And for those participating, live on Zoom, I put a link to the agenda in the chat so that you can access that easily. Okay, I'm on my phone, so I don't know, but I'm not quite technologically savvy on how to go back and forth between the agenda or Jasmine. Will you just let me know what's on the agenda, Jasmine? <laughs> 
I will. Okay. Um, Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Next up is approved minutes. You have October minutes and November minutes. All right, has everybody had a chance to look at the minutes, review the minutes? Is there anything we need to change, edit? I move we adopt the minutes as written for both October and November. This okay, is Sarah, oh, okay. This is Sarah, board member. I'll second. Okay, so we have a motion to approve, and we have a second. Um, do we have to do public comment before we vote on the minutes, Jasmine? You could ask if there's any public comment. Doesn't hurt. Okay, so does any of the members of the public want to comment before we approve the minutes? Okay, so um, Jasmine, if you don't mind calling on all the board members to see what we see what the vote is. I can do that. Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Ben Sykes. Uh, yes, I approve. Kay Johnson. Yes. Sarah Chinoweth. Yes. Uh, Stan. Yes. Steve? Yes. Makokwa? Yes for me. And so that looks like the board minutes are approved. So what's next, Jasmine? Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Next up is the Sustainability Advisory Board administrative items. Uh, there are two items just for uh, your reference. Um, one is that the election of your chair and vice chair is scheduled for the first meeting of the year um, per your bylaws. Uh, so the first meeting of 2022 is when you'll need to elect your chair and vice chair. And then uh, the second item is that, uh, sorry, just letting someone in, uh, is that there is currently one board opening on the Sustainability Advisory Board uh, so that uh, has not been filled yet. And then one new item uh, is that Steve Kramer um, has submitted for reappointment. So his term expires this month. So he has submitted for reappointment. Uh, so it is likely that, that the action will be taken on that um, by the beginning of next year before the next meeting. Jasmine, this is Sarah Chenoweth, uh, board member. I applied yes. for my reappointment to um, last month after the last meeting. Okay. I did get that information and I did not look to see if it was on this week's agenda, but um, we will, you will get some communication as soon as that is approved. Jasmine, this is Ben Sykes. Uh, SAB board member. So for the elections to take place in January for chair and vice chair, we have, I can't remember how it worked last year. So people need to step up or Makokwa, are you going to stand again? Like how, how does it work for process? If we elect in January, don't we need to have nominees before then? So, so last, year, oh, go ahead. 
Yeah, so last year it was during a meeting. Um, and so I'm assuming that's what's going to happen in January. Um, if you remember last year, we announced it and then elected and then um, those people kind of took over the meeting at that point. And, but it's really how the board wants to handle it. Um, and that's up to you guys. Um, I won't be running again. Actually, I was going to announce tonight that I have to step down from the board. I've accepted a position with the Climate and Energy Project, um, so I won't be able to be on the board anymore. So this will be my last meeting. Um, so Jasmine and I are both leaving. So, <laughs> so it'll be up to y'all's meeting in January. Congratulations. That's amazing. Way to go. Okay. And yeah, Thank we should you. say that too to Jasmine as well. Congratulations on your, your new position since we're talking about administrative change. You guys are both awesome and I'm excited to see the next thing you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. We'll miss you both desperately. I'm supposed to say that for the meeting record, but also genuinely. You're both <laughs> Thanks. Um, this is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. In terms of process, just to build on what Makakwa said, uh, yeah, historically, um, we prime you uh, for, for months before the election so that you all start thinking about it. And then um, the first meeting of the year is when uh, nominations and elections happen. And at that point, the new chair will take over the, the meeting. So that's how it works. Any other questions about that? Oh. Any other questions from the board? And then I see we have a member of the public that wanted to add something. Stan? Yeah, this, is, this is Stan Rasmussen, uh, board member. Jasmine or maybe Craig, can you comment on, are we gonna have a, a city staff person to assist us with our um, meeting next month because that will influence how organized we are and are we able to elect a chair next month this is jasmine sustainability director um i was going to talk about this later but i think now is the time um I, uh, the city staff is working on um uh, identifying an interim um, on the city side of things to help support things like the sustainability advisory board. Um, that selection hasn't happened yet. So I would recommend in my party meeting that um, that you consider holding off on a January meeting to give staff time for that transition uh, and use the January time. You could use that for uh, the subcommittees to meet or do some other work uh, in smaller groups that don't meet quorum. Um, and consider February as a first meeting for 2022. Uh, that's just a suggestion, but the 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 first answer is that uh, we don't have a, a staff person identified yet, but we're working on it. Thank you. I appreciate that suggestion, and I guess that's something we should discuss then this evening as a board. Thanks. Any other board members have questions or comments? 
about some of the administrative items? Then Nancy, it looked like you wanted to add something, but Kay, go ahead, Kay, and then we'll go to Nancy. So I do need, since our um, city administrator is available, is there, I haven't looked at the agenda in detail. Uh, are we going to hear from him? Jasmine Moore, sustainability director. Craig is here to give an update on the strategic plan. So that is up next on the agenda. Okay, then I am gonna ask a question of him, um, it, which doesn't have to do with the strategic plan, except that I am um, interested in understanding uh, when the when Jasmine's position would be filled and what the plan is for that. Uh, good evening, city manager Craig Owens. Uh, Pleasure to be with you all uh, tonight. Um, we we are we are still looking at at a process to do that. Um, it was a relatively recent um, announcement, and so we're working to figure out what and map out that strategy. You may or may not be aware that we have um, we, we have a new police chief, and we're glad to have that one um, fulfilled. And we have. Um, besides Jasmine, three other department directors that we're re recruiting for right now. So, um, uh, so please be patient, but we understand how important this job is. And we also understand what huge uh, shoes there are to fill. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Okay, is there any more um, public comments, Jasmine? Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Nancy Muma, did you want to add something? I did. I just wanted to um, say that I have volunteered to be a member of the board and was wondering when you make the decision on who uh, is appointed to the board to fill the open positions. Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Thanks for your initiative there, Nancy. Um, so the, the process for board appointments is that uh, after uh, you apply to be a, a member, then those applications are considered by the acting mayor. And then the mayor makes a recommendation to the city commission and the city commission um, finalizes that appointment. So with the tra leadership transition that we just had yesterday, um, I anticipate that that's probably why there's been a, some delay in um, making the appointment for the existing position. So um, um, I would say uh, give a little bit of grace to the new mayor so that she can have a little bit of time to process through all the different um, applications. Um, this is the time of year when many um, people are cycling off boards. So there's going to be lots of appointments that are going to be made. So she has her work cut out for uh, these next couple months. Thank you, Jasmine. Lots of changes going on. <laughs> um, okay, so you said that next up was a strategic plan. So um, we will let Craig take it away. Thank you for joining us, Craig. 
Well, thank you so much. City Manager Craig Owens, it, it's my pleasure uh, to be here. My honor to serve as city manager. Um, my first time visiting you all, and um, I really appreciate the opportunity you've given me here to take a few minutes. Um, you're the second board and commission meeting that I'm meeting with. I'm not getting around to all 48 boards and commissions. If you're not aware, we have 48 boards and commissions. Um, close to 400 uh, community volunteers serving uh, heroically in the capacities that you all are in various subjects, bringing uh, a richness to our the public engagement and policy making. And I appreciate that. I know it's a long tradition, Lawrence. Um, I'm selecting a few of the more active um, bodies to um, to talk about the strategic plan with and to kind of make sure you understand um, how it's constructed, um, what's in the content, and hopefully how you see yourselves in it and the work that you can help us do with the strategic plan. The power of a strategic plan is that it, it aligns uh, everybody strategically uh, in the same direction. And um, we have a very complex organization, a very complex community. Um, and, uh, and we are kind of in the early stages of understanding what strategic planning is. Um, this is the second strategic plan that the city has ever had. The one that you may uh, be familiar with, the, the blue version I call it because it has been printed and up on several of the walls in city hall since I, my arrival two and a half years ago. Um, was kind of a good, what I call a starter set. It did a good job of initially uh, just kind of understanding what strategic planning is. It initiated um, some longer term thinking, some longer term conversations. Um, and um, so it kind of christened um, the idea of what strategic plans do. Um, it, it had some things that um, I don't think were ideal. Um, it, it didn't. It, it didn't really encompass everything that we were doing. It added a few strategic things, but didn't account for maybe all of the rest of the things that are happening in the community, the services, um, and the things that we do. Um, so, um, and it had little things and big things kind of all put together. So. We really decided um, that when we redid the strategic plan, we wanted to do it in a very thorough um, way. And we also um, did it in a way that started with, and, and the last one I should say was also built through the caring, thoughtful leadership of our elected leadership with a little bit of staff input, okay? Um, they're accountable, ultimately, the, the city commission accountable for where we go, what we do, everything that we do, uh, and strategies and directions. Um, but what we did this time was we built it off of a platform of community listening. And so we, um, we did about as thorough a job as I've ever experienced or seen. Um, we started with asking our team, our volunteers uh, amongst our city staff. We, I asked, could we have some help in going out and listening to the community? I was hoping we get 20 people volunteer to do that work, in addition to everything they had going on. And um, we had 50 volunteer for, for us. And it was so inspiring and exciting to see that, that level of participation, engagement, enthusiasm. 
Um, the other thing that did for us, because our city staff it reflects the community, um, uh, they have connection with the community personally and professionally in lots of different ways. And we had a whole wide variety of people that helped us with that. So we pulled everybody together, we trained them, um, and then we set out going into the community, asking to be invited into the community where people gathered. We were very intentional at trying to find the voices that aren't often engaged in community work and that don't come to City Hall at seven o'clock on a Tuesday night. You know, those are important voices too, but if we just stopped there, then we get what we always get. We wanted to try and find uh, the parts of the community that need our services that are where they know their future. They have visions and dreams for their future, just like everybody else does. We wanted to go find where those conversations were already taking place in our community. And so we were very intentional in trying to do this. We try to identify existing groups um, that would represent the great diversity this community has um, and ask them for access to uh, their um, membership or the way they gather or where they, they were located. We tabled at the library. We went to sports leagues. Um, we, um, we did the y'all come meetings at the Carnegie building, you know, um, and we tried to get word out and do that. Through that process of engagement, we had 3,000 people participate and give us their perspectives about what they want for their community, what it means, um, what's important to them. Um, I think that's very powerful and it's a very uh, strong foundation. It's not it's not 100,000 people, but it's that's a very solid base of representation, I think. And so then we had all this data. We assimilated all that data and digested it down and organized it into um, categories, five different outcome areas. And if I can share screen now, I'd like to do that. You should be good now. Okay, seeing it? Yes. Five pretty dots. Okay, so this is all on our website. So all of my visual aids are all part of the website that's open to the public. We've been trying to be very transparent and open about every step of the way in this process and share the data of the community strategic plan because that's what it is. Um, and so we organized the, the what we what we received the information we received into these five different um, outcome areas, and they are unmistakable identity, strong welcoming neighborhoods, safe and secure, prosperity and economic security, and connected city. So that's how we organize. Those are the things we heard the community telling us that's what they wanted to see. And we spent a long time um, trying to characterize and describe um, in detail what, what did we hear out of there. So um, the, you'll see some statements on there. They're hard to read on the screen, but again, it's all accessible to you on, the, on our website. But these statements were built uh, very intentionally uh, to try and make sense to two primary parties. First of all, we wanted to hear from the 3,000 people that gave us this information. We wanted them to be able to read this and react to what they're seeing by saying, yes, I was heard. I hear, I see what I offered, they heard us, and that is what I'm looking for. 
The second group that's a very important group is, um, is the 888 um, professional employees that are going to have to largely going to have to carry out this work in partnership with community partners and agencies and and with volunteer boards and commissions and with commu the community members themselves, of course. But we wanted to make sure that the way we describe our work and what we're trying to achieve together made sense to them so that they could feel that they were making progress and they could see success and understand success. So in progress. So that's what we did. The second, uh, in, in addition to this, um, is uh, we built performance indicators so that we, we didn't just have lofty ideal ideals built into this plan and describe things, but we wanted to make sure that we could measure progress, that we were intentional in saying, this is where we wanna go. How, how do we know that we're making progress to get where we've asked our, where we wanna go as a community? So we built these performance measures. Um, the other thing that we did during this process made it harder, more complicated, but absolutely better in my opinion, is we said the, the, what, the, the what of what we do is very important, but how we do it is also vitally important, especially in this community. We heard from a lot of people that, that how matters too. And this really gets right to where I think you all do a lot of your work. Um, we have six commitments we made about the how we do our work. So we've said progress can is only going to be measured through six perspectives. We can't shortchange any of these six viewpoints or perspectives. We're committing to make progress in, in harmony and in balance with these six lenses uh, and, and see it through these six lenses. Those are community engagement, efficient, effective processes, equity and inclusion, sound fiscal stewardship, engaged and empowered teams, and environmental sustainability. Of course, not in any order. Uh, so, um, so what we've done when we built the scorecard is we said we've got to account for progress across all of these perspectives in all of the outcome areas. So the scorecard that we built became 70 or 80 measures. And um, those were, that would took a lot of work too. What are the right measures on here? And when you go through and, and click on here and kind of look at what the performance indicators are, um, you're gonna see some orange cones under construction. It's a little bit of a source of pride for me because each of those cones represents a place where we said, we, we know what the best measure is. We believe we know what the best measure is for the progress for what we've said we want and the community has said they want but we don't have the data yet. We're not gonna compromise and pick a measure just because we've got data over here because we, we, we don't wanna compromise that. We wanna stick with this one, but we're gonna have to start building the data. So you will see some orange cones in here and we're working to build those data sets so that we can get longitudinal measures and we can then measure our progress again accurately against those areas. There's a lot of different ones, but environmental sustainability is one of those that, that goes through and across everything we do. So if we go back in three to five years and update the strategic plan, ask the community, are these still the things you wanna do, which, which we should, 
um, we're, we still will be asking them to represent these six commitment areas. So even if we pick a new thing that we do, uh, a new outcome area that we that we might add, um, we still are going to have to look at it through all of these six lenses and, and, and evaluate our progress. So I think you should feel good as the, the passionate caretakers of the environmental sustainability lens. Um, you should feel good that we've embedded this as a value and a commitment into everything we do today and tomorrow, just as we have these other ones. Some of them are more familiar. Some of them are much more traditional. You go to any city in the country that, that even bothers with strategic planning, and you're going to see something like sound fiscal stewardship. You know, let's be careful we don't spend too much money. Hopefully, you'll also see that engaged and empowered teams, the people that are going to do the work, we have to be um, fair and understand that they're an important part and that they feel good about the work they're doing. But ones that you don't see as much, and I think you will more and more, is equity and inclusion and environmental sustainability. And so we've hardwired those in across this entire framework. So that's what I came to talk about. You're the, my second um, group that has uh, let me come uh, share this. I'm happy to answer any questions you may have about the way the framework is structured. Um, Jasmine is, uh, is for at least a few more days, is our champion. Each of these uh, comm commitment areas has a champion, uh, staff champion, and each of the outcome areas also has a champion. Many of these are the obvious department directors. Sometimes, though, they're they're not built around our traditional org chart and structure. They're built around our purpose. And so Jasmine is one of our uh, uh, champions for the environmental sustainability and therefore sits on a lot of these meetings and has helped work on building the scorecard across all of our outcome areas. And then um, her successor will, will then continue the work to coach and to guide and to advise and to hold accountable um, everything that we do through the lens of environmental sustainability. So I'll be quiet and I'm really excited to answer any questions that you might have and hear your input as well. Thank you so much, Craig. I appreciate you presenting that. Um, I appreciate you coming, um, but I'd love to hear from the board at this time. If you guys have any questions or comments from Craig, um, the floor is yours. Steve Kramer, Sustainability Advisory Board. Craig, you mentioned the performance indicators. Uh, do we have access to those yet? City Manager Craig Owens, yes. If you'll click on any of those on our website, then it should open up the scorecard. It's it's in our OpenGov platform, so it's going to start to be populated with data um, that is built out of a lot of different places in our organization. Thank you. This is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Just to um, add some additional context on that, uh, make sure you go to each of the outcomes for the uh, the data. If you go straight to environmental sustainability, that's not clickable. So the, the commitment areas aren't clickable, but the outcomes are. So make sure you go to each outcome and then you can look through each and you'll see the data in there. Jasmine, you just, I think you answered the question I had. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, this is Ben Sykes, uh, SAB board member. 
Thanks a lot. This is this is cool stuff. So I guess I'm interested in how those questionnaires or how the um, performance indicators are shaped and quantified. Um, so, you know, it's interesting to see where, for example, environmental sustainability isn't given what board we're on. Uh, safety and security, for example, right? Like a lot of people would think like safe drinking water or safe, you know, I know a lot of that's around police forces, but right there, there's also components of, for example, like one health definitions now include healthy environment and healthy people as connected very intrinsically, right? And so I guess I just wonder how much of that was shaped in-house by people that are experts within our departments, but also consulting like what does um, organizations that focus on these individual commitments or these individual priorities say should be the best quantitative indicators that you've succeeded at creating for example, a safe and secure neighborhood. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like which questions you ask and how you quantify that, I think is an important caveat in how, how well we're doing at succeeding to achieve those. Sorry if that was too long-winded. <laughs> oh, well, see Manager Craig Owens, no, it, it's, it's complex and so is this work. And um, to simplify it down to 70 or 80 measures was incredibly difficult. Um, uh, I think Jasmine suffered through many, many of those meetings um, and trying to prioritize what are the right ones or the primary uh, measures. There are hundreds of lead indicators that I think inform and influence these outcome measures that we understand. And I probably won't look at those hundreds, but I will be looking at the 70 or 80. Most of the people that are going to be doing the work, I think they will be engaging in measuring and looking at a wide variety of other measures, betting that if we do these things, we're going to get the outcomes that we're seeking. These will, you know, these four or five things will influence the one that I that we're we're showing on the outcome scorecard. That is how things work. Um, now, how much overlap there are. So yes, safe and secure can be in there. We And we really had some interesting, um, I'd say some interesting intersections of these things. They're not pure. I mean, we still picked five things. Could we have picked, made them into nine categories? Probably. Um, so, you know, you, I, I will, I will bring up one. I see Kathy Richardson is on here. We, we had, we had solid waste in the connected cities for a long time. And, you know, it kind of was always a little bit of a strange fit, but that's the department they're in, you know? Um, and so as we kept doing our work and that was like, well, it's really important. Um, but wh why do we do it? And that why question was what kept coming up and it'll continue to drive change in this plan and in the way we do our work. But that's a good example of, you know what, That's that was really a better fit in strong welcoming neighborhoods. I think that's where we what we decided. Now you, you can make the case for other places, safe and secure, gosh, yes, those there's a lot of things that are about safety and security in the way people feel um, that you could you could make the case there. A lot we had to, you know, strong welcoming neighborhoods again would probably say somebody that isn't that isn't experiencing housing security, they don't feel secure. 
there's there's a lot of that but we're not going to lump everything into safe and secure we're going to instead um, probably focus more of the housing resources on the strong welcoming neighborhoods so um, and even prosperity and economic security you can see that there are some there's a lot of bleed over so I, I don't think there's any pure way of saying that all of the things are in the right category but I think everything significant is accounted for and I think we did um, do a pretty good job of of listening to all those different viewpoints and putting them in the right categories a right category let's say it that way Jasmine may have something more specific to your response to your question. Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. I would just add that we had those exact conversations, Ben, about those same issues. So I, I want to assure you that um, that wasn't something that was overlooked. And to Craig's point, we we had lots of conversations and decided, you know, that it might belong in connected cities versus safe and secure, but the importance of it uh, is not diminished. So um, the other thing that uh, Craig asked us as staff to do from the beginning was look to um, industry standards in terms of measures so that we're not re, you know, trying to come up with a, the exact right measure for this item um, just for our city. So a lot of what is in here in terms of metrics is uh, pulled from industry, industry standards so that we can um, you know, measure them, see you know, how that stacks up to other best practices and other communities, as well as some of those same measures go towards accreditation of different departments. And so um, wanted to make sure that we were efficient with our time as well, um, and that we were measuring something that uh, you know an industry had already designated as meaningful data. So I have a question, Craig. This is Malcolm Kwa, Sustainability Advisory Board Chair. Um, how then? How did you guys come up with a separate sustainable environment measures? Um, if some of those measures were all throughout the other categories. I'm not sure I got city manager Craig Owens. I'm not sure I got you. So there's, there's, you showed five major um, categories um, and you have outcomes for each one of those. Um, so how did the, I guess, how do you piece out the separate sustainable environment category, but you mentioned that um, sustainability was woven throughout each of those other categories. Um, if I could share screen again, uh, City Manager Craig Owens, if I could share screen again, I think I can address that. Okay, I think I gave you permission. Try it. How about it? Okay, so we're looking at, this is the scorecard for, for uh, strong welcoming neighborhoods. Okay, um, so these um, process progress indicators, um, we we were trying to um, make sure that we accounted for. Um, I'm trying to find the the ones that are environment sustainable. 
There was one on solid waste collection. Yeah. There. Um, here it is. There were, there, so there were commitment more areas, environmental sustainability. So in this case, we, we were looking for, while you saw some of these other ones that are uh, engaged and empowered teams focused, that would be another um, commitment area or sound fiscal stewardship or equity and inclusion. You can see that we built um, a number of indicators that were um, centered around each commitment area. So for this, the intersection of strong welcoming neighborhoods and environmental sustainability, we thought the best measures would be um, connect connectivity of health food providers by transit bike routes or uh, healthy food providers by transit bike routes or sidewalks. So we think if if we do that and if we measure that and we hit a target that we've suggested that will help us move towards through the lens of environmental sustainability. We think that'll be a best indicator that we're making the progress that we want to make on this. Um, this is another one that was one of those I'm proud of that we don't have the data, but we think we should. Um, and that's percent of, percent of residential, commercial, and industrial units um, above or at energy code. So we'll measure that and we'll be seeing, did we make a difference in that percentage change? And then there's a whole number of strategies or strategies um, <laughs> the misspelling there uh, that we'll build to try and continue to work on to try and make progress over here. This is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. I just wanted to add on that there are some other um, indicators that had similar discussion around, does this fit in environmental sustainability or does this fit somewhere else? And so for example, um, for strong welcoming neighborhoods, there's a measure that talks about uh, environmental justice zones and um, I'm trying to find it now, but uh, you know the the access for uh, those that are in an environmental justice zone, which could fit environmental sustainability, but ultimately we decided that it belonged in the equity and inclusion section. So, um, or maybe it was a different, maybe it was Connected City, but um, yeah. oh yeah, it was Connected City. Um, so, oh, it was environmental justice zone within a quarter mile of a transit stop or transit zone. Uh, so that's another example where sustainability, you know, we've talked about it as uh, environment and it's more than environment. It's looking at the environment, it's looking at the economic component and it's looking at the human component. And uh, if you take that approach, then our whole strategic plan is about sustainability. Uh, but to get to the environmental sustainability piece, we parsed that out and called it environmental sustainability. So some of the things that normally we would have put in the bucket of sustainability have been spread out into other areas. Uh, and so I, I wanted to share that because I think that you'll see if you just look at things that are labeled environmental sustainability, there's probably some things missing. But if you look at the whole picture, you'll see that it's much more um, holistic. Jasmine, this is Steve Kramer, uh, board. Can you go down to point 14 in this page? 
think Craig's in control, so I'll let him scroll. Is this it? Uh, can can you uh, just address that particular one a little bit? I'm trying to get my arms around it. This is Jasmine, sustainability director. This was one, uh, so um, strategy number 14 under Connected City is number of public infrastructure projects that account for climate adaptation. So this is one where uh, the, in thinking about where we wanna be in five years, uh, we want to make sure that the investments that we're making in our public infrastructure are taking into account the extreme weather conditions associated with climate. And so this measure is designed to help us keep track of that. And part of the reason why the data is in development is so that we as staff can figure out what that system looks like. So for example, um, you know, if there is a new construction um, in an area that we know uh, already floods, um, in terms of a road. Uh, let's think about how uh, we know that extreme conditions like flooding is going to increase. And so let's take that into account as we design for the, the road instead of just replacing what we already had. So that would be one example of how, how we could take that into account for public infrastructure projects. Thank you. This is Makakwa, Sustainability Advisory Board Chair. So thank you for explaining that, Craig and Jasmine. I appreciate that because kind of what I was thinking is um, the Climate Action and Adaptation Plan hasn't been completed. And I guess I was trying to envision um, where those measures are going to be at. But it sounds like you guys have already kind of thought ahead about where that data is going to go and and maybe even what the measures are gonna be for that. So that was where my question was going. City Manager Craig Owens. Um, yeah, something I didn't mention, but was important is, you know, Florence didn't just start when we started doing strategic plan. There's been some awesome work of planning um, of strategy that has been done on specific things, including the work of this group and you know the climate action plan that's that's upcoming, um, but things that already we are benefiting from and they're guide have been guiding our work and investments um, in prioritization. And we worked we really tried to harvest all of that good work and incorporate it instead of making it up from scratch because you know, where it already existed and the work was already being done and the expertise was already developed. Um, we needed to use that as much as possible. This is all about alignment and it doesn't have to be everything following this. This can follow and incorporate good work um, at a more specific level. So there's, there, we don't want to waste things and it is costly when you do that and when you can't re reuse um, the work that the community has already done. I appreciate that. I appreciate that front loaded work. I mean, I think that helps us see where our contribution is coming into play as a board. And then, um, you know, our suggestions are being, um, you know, implemented um, to the city commission. And so I think that as a board, it shows where, um, where the responsibility of this board kind of lies and, and how you guys rely on the work that we do to, to shape that. 
And so, um, and my new job is going to be the community engagement portion of the climate action adaptation plan. So I'm looking forward to um, to working on that. And, and it kind of gives me a guide about, you know, where that's going to situate itself, you know. So thank you so much. Stan, you go ahead. Okay. Um, Craig, is there a companion document to this that, uh, you know, would provide a definition of environmental sustainability and uh, like what Jasmine referenced, extreme weather events? You know, if we're going to be using terms like that and and environmental sustainability, I'd like to see how how are we defining that? City Manager Craig Owens, I was hoping Jasmine would jump in, but um, there, there's a lot of detail that would needs to continue to be um, developed on this that is interpretive. Um, and so, yes, I, I think we will be referencing existing documents uh, in there. I, I, I will say that the policy statements that are the, the fine print underneath each of these pretty dots um, those those were thoughtfully worded. I mean, we talked about should we use this word or that word for hours, if not weeks, <laughs> in some cases. Um, and a lot of times, that's where those definitions got kind of negotiated. But because they matter, they do matter. Um, but I would say for some of the more technical definitions, those those need to be filled out through the work of these the strategies and the tactics that are built and that we will report on. So I should say that there will be a regular reporting um, to um, uh, your, your point, Makwakwa, the, um, you know, we will be, um, we need to regularly do this, but the alignment of all of our efforts, that's my day-to-day -day work and all of the 48 boards and commissions to this is important. So um, you may be providing definitions um, to this and informing that these are the next steps and these are the policy recommendations you're building towards because the next steps, the things that need to happen for us to be successful are policy steps um, and you need to advise that. So your understanding of this document and then your advice on definitions, I think will be a very useful way for you to spend your time and that you can make a big impact and that will influence both the policy actions as well as the, you know, the work that we do and, and the budget allocations that we make. Thank you. Man, it, it seems like a lot of work has gone into this. I know you guys have thought about it a whole lot and to a certain degree, the questions that you asked, the, the quantification of these things is important to have continuity because we're trying to figure out how these things are improving over time, right? Like how the things that we do actually improve the metrics that we're using to evaluate community engagement or, you know, safe and safety and security and those things. To, to some degree, it actually doesn't matter which boxes they're in, right? I mean, if there are components of them that are environmental sustainability, but it's not listed as an environmental sustainability explicitly element, 
right? To, to some degree, we just want to keep asking that question and see that it's getting better because, uh, you know, it's going to raise all ships, so to speak. So maybe you can speak, and and uh, I think Steve asked about this a little bit, and maybe my cocoa is, was as well, is, is how the things that aren't on here get incorporated as metrics later, right? If we are working on things or we come up with things with subcommittees or with major committees that aren't represented in here, we might first think about saying, well, what this is doing is trying to increase environmental sustainability. But I could also see us trying to look at these specific quantifiable metrics that you have here on questionnaires and aim at those which are much more where the rubber hits the road than environmental sustainability with hands, right? So maybe could you just speak to that and, and if we come up with some of these new ones that maybe aren't listed on here, how we can better get them fitted into this framework? Yeah, um, boy, these are great questions. Uh, City Manager Craig Owens, um, you know, we, we, we have the humility to say we, this is not perfect at all. I mean, it isn't. This is a new tool that we are gonna use to be proactive instead of reactive and to have um, a purposeful definition that's intentional instead of, hey, let's meet and what does everybody think today? Um, hopefully that's useful to planning minded folks um, because I, I think a lot of work that was done here was was that and there wasn't as much, we, we'd pick short term things that we're here and now, and we'd scurry out and, and, and work with great passion to do that next thing. And then we pick the next thing it, rather than picking something that was a destination that was going to take years and many sacrifices and investments and saying no to distractions to try and get there. Otherwise they don't happen. And I think this community was, was really thirsty for big things and, and maybe, maybe still being responsive. And when you talk about climate change and some of those big things that were um, not even addressed and are continuing to be not addressed because they're just so big and nobody wants to do those big uh, longer term things because they seem too hard. So we needed to pick some of those things. I think that is the work of this group and it is gonna continue to be work of, of uh, community members that engage in this to try and keep us steering and, and continually correcting the course because we didn't map it out perfectly. We did the best we could with what we had at the time but it's a living document that needs to evolve. But what it, it should do is it should keep us on course and it should make it that it's a really big deal to change the destination significantly. That's, that is, and I've seen all this, this already happen in the level of ownership that, um, that we have. When we started with asking 3000 people, they're kind of saying, don't you dare ignore what I told you. You know, this is ours and we're ready to commit to and do that work. And certainly the elected officials who have accountability and responsibility to this, but they're also now they have a, a, this accountability sense of, and we we are the shepherds of where this goes. And um, while we curated the information and decided on direction, that, that was something that was was born from the community and is sacred and we need to do the work to continue that process. So I think 
those there's there should be some things that don't change easily because we've got to stay the course and they're important and valuable but there's a lot of adjustments that are going to make us better at getting where we go and i think that's that's a really great mission for this advisory body uh, and your expertise and sense of what the community needs uh, in interpreting the, the the next directions and next steps steve kramer advisory board um, Craig, Jasmine, um, again, I'm still on that number 14. Uh, utilize a green rating system for infrastructure projects. Um, where do we go from here on that? Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Um, so that's one example where there are some systems that already exist. So staff is in the process of evaluating that right now to see uh, if those, you know, which ones of those uh, systems make sense for the city of Lawrence to use. Some of some of the things may make sense for some types of infrastructure, but not other types of infrastructure. And so getting a handle on what goes with which pro which type of project is part of the work that's happening right now. So we're not we're not um, making something up or developing a system internally. We're looking towards our industry prof professions for those resources. I absolutely applaud that approach. I mean, never reinvent something that's already got solid models. Uh, I'm more curious, as this gets developed, um, I would love to stay informed on that. That's of great interest to me. Thanks, Steve. Do we have any more questions from the board before we open it up to the public for their questions and comments? All right, Jasmine, do we see anybody from the public that has their hand up? I see one. Joel. Hi, uh, I'm Joel Campbell with Sunrise Movement Lawrence. I just kind of wanted to voice my general support for how much work it looks like this uh, strategic plan has had put into it. Uh, I really appreciate all the quantifiable goals because I feel like that's really important and I really like numbers because they help me kind of process, you know, things like that. And I feel like that's a really good way to make, you know, the goals of the city a little more accessible to everyone. I was curious about some of those, um, some of those quantifiable things though, because I know some of them don't have data all the way yet. So I was just curious, like, when do you think we'll see more of that? Like, I'm, I'm sure it's a case by case basis, but I was just curious if there was like a deadline where the entire strategic plan is going to be completed. I was also curious, I know there was a document in 2020 strategic plan where it was just like one PDF with everything on it. Uh, and I was just curious if that was going to happen again and sort of like where we are in that process. City Manager Craig Owens. Um, Thanks, Joel. I really appreciate those comments. And I know that you are interested in um, the details and the data. Uh, and and we're, we're endeavoring to be as responsive as we can uh, to everybody's needs on those. Um, so it, it does depend. You said the answer I'd probably give is it depends. There, there's a whole bunch of data that is going to dump in, I think, off of the citizens survey or the community survey that we have. Um, we've used the uh, ETC Institute out of, uh, uh, they, they are a national um, survey 
uh, group and Lawrence has used them before and most recently um, a couple of years ago. We will be on an annual cycle with that because there's so much dependency now on what we hear from the community in a reliable, uh, statistically uh, valid sample survey. Um, and that's what they do. And so we'll be looking at that across the board. And that was most, that was very important in the um, uh, engaged community, um, community engagement uh, layer of information or data uh, commitment area across all of our outcome teams. There was usually some tie back to the perception of data. There's also a lot of that in equity and inclusion because we're going to oversample so that we can get um, uh, different demographic groups um, enough data so that we can have uh, understand if their um, perception of uh, different service levels and that's important to us and we built some of those. So I'd say that snapshot in time is going to be uh, when we get a lot of the data that's missing is going to dump in there. Um, but we know what it is, at least. There's some other things like the couple that have come up here where I think those just need to be um, debates and discussions. Uh, I think advisory boards are good, um, will be a great help to inform that and to put some um, detail into them. And they'll they'll kind of come out as we can get them. Uh, you know, again, I'm I'm kind of proud of the orange cones because we didn't compromise. But that's going to frustrate the process if we don't if we're holding up investment and action and activity because we don't know exactly what the data says. I don't think we are. Um, I think there's a lot of action that can happen that uh, will happen and continues to happen based on we're pretty sure this is the thing to do and we're pretty sure this is the best next step. Um, and we think the data is going to support that once we get it. Jasmine, did we have any more members of the public that wanted to comment? Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Yes, Maddie has their hand up. Hi, uh, I'm Maddie. I'm also a member of the community and a member of Sunrise. Um, I also want to say thank you for all this work uh, and the long hours that people have put into the strategic plan. I'm really excited by um, the the ways that like these different areas are being covered and the, the connectedness of them is being addressed. Um, I was wondering, I have two questions. One, so I know that you're like, taking in initial data right now from community surveys and stuff. Is there a plan to um, repeat that kind of data collection after implementing policies or programs or whatever? See, Manager Craig Owens, yes. I mean, all of these metrics are to, to make action happen. They're to inform strategy and tactics and give us a feedback loop so that we can adjust. So if, the, if we start going in a different direction than what we thought we were going to, that experiment was did not work, but we learned from it and we need to adjust. So every, every one of these uh, data points that we've selected should be an incremental data point that needs to get each, each different prog prog progress indicator needs to show us. And 
And sometimes we'll learn from it's not doing what we expected. Um, and so, I, you know, I think that will be an important aspect. And we have to have the courage also to, you know, accept the data for whatever it is instead of um, what I think we've used without any data is oh, I feel this way, or I've heard a few people mad about this, and so we're going to change course. And we need to be responsive, and that's why listening to people's perceptions are important, but you'll see there's a lot of the process uh, indicators in there and the commitment to quality processes. That's going to hold us accountable for the data points, which we kind of may be juxtaposed against the perceptions, and that's a great opportunity for us, yeah, but we might react and invest in a way that's not efficient uh, or effective if we didn't look at both of those two. Cool. So um, I think I need to clarify the question. It, like, is there a set point at which you're going to resurvey people and resurvey the community? Yeah, City Manager Craig Owens, you're right. I didn't answer your actual question. Uh, so it, it, there are several different ways that we get them. For, for the community survey, it's an annual citizen survey. So we'll do that about the same time, usually gives us a few months before the budget process so that when it went, because that's a lot of when we're making our bets and we're going to make investments and, and, and put strategy into action. Um, so we want that data so that we can make those decisions, at least for the ones that are community engagement related. Those are perception ones. Some of the other data is coming at us daily, hourly. You know, some of the utility data that we have, um, we have, I don't know, they, Dave Wagner said trillions of data points a year or something like that. It's, it's mind boggling. But there's some some of this data that um, we're, we will be getting in and looking at that we can have real time and that we can update. And the reason we're using the platform that we are and built it on the scorecard we are is so that we can plug those, those source data points in then they can just update automatically. Ideally, that's what happens. But there are some that will be a single data point capture annually, and then you just kind of have to, you kind of have to make your plans and bet about these things will make a difference. But we won't know until next year. Cool. Thank you. Um, uh, my second question is: so we are a generally uh, democratic voting city in a generally Republican voting state. And I was just wondering how the strategic plan um, is, I don't, I guess just like, I know that like sometimes the state legislature creates state laws that limit the city's ability to impact um, where energy is coming from, whether it's coming from fossil fuels or wind energy, you know, like renewable energy or, um, uh, I, that's just like the first example I can think of, but like, is are, is part of the strategic plan like including that, like how how it interacts with um, state laws and stuff, and state laws that could be implemented? Uh, City Manager Craig Owens, I you know we. we there, there's a lot of strategies for every one of these. You can see their strategies below them. Um, obviously, partnership with um, both federal, federal, state, county, not-for-profits, um, private sector. Um, there's this. This is loaded with uh, interaction 
with everybody in the community and those that affect and influence the community and the decisions we make. So, um, I, so I'd say yes. Um, you know, in, in partnership with the state legislature, you know, we 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 need to pursue and continue to do things. There are things that they outline and regulate that are important. You know, obviously we have to follow the law. Uh, just like the federal regulation, but I'd say we're in a powerful time of of granting agencies. There's a lot of money uh, from DC and from the state that um, I think you know we're look we should look strategically at how can those programs and their intent align with the good work that we have here. There is a lot of overlap, and I think it it it, it we have a lot of opportunity here. And we're going to be way ahead of a lot of states or a lot of cities that we are competing with. No question, a lot of a lot of thing, places are competing with us, but we're ahead because we have strategies. We know what we want. We've listened to the community, and those are all the basis of every policy decision there should be, and give us a very strong framework to submit grant applications and be competitive. Great, thank you. Jasmine, is there any more people with their hand up? Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. I do not see anyone else with their hand up. Okay, Craig, I had uh, another question before we let you go. Um, so under the strategic plan, um, where does the downtown plan fit within that? And are those same um, metrics going to uh, also guide the downtown plan. Uh, City Manager Craig Owens, that that was one of many plans that I alluded to earlier, where we tried to inform them. The you know the advantage that one had was it was uh, even though it was uh, I think it was going two years before I came, <laughs> and just concluded about six months ago. But um, I, I think it, it concluded in context of the strategic plan and so uh we i think we were able to to pull that in and i think it was also informed by that all of our land use plans our comprehensive plan the plan 2040 um those are all pieces that predated this but informed it and like i said you know idealistically if you're listening to the same community and you're accurately reflecting what the same community says, then no matter when you ask or where you ask, it's always aligned. I would say um, some of these got really carefully and tightly aligned because we were intentional and they just spoke to the place where the community was telling us this is an emphasis area. Um, one example that I know was we went out for proposals and brought in Ernst & Young to give to help us build a, a um, economic development plan. And in I think in the scope of work, we said you should be building this to insert in as a prosperity and economic security piece of our strategic plan. And so you'll see we had this beautiful work plan and um, uh, our champion in that area could just has a great plan to just insert in there. And, and it was in partnership with a lot of the other key stakeholders in the community because we built it with with their input. So there were some places where we had great alignment. The land use planning, I think, has a pretty good alignment. 
um, and it's again informed by Plan 2040, uh, which was a is a really current and relevant policy document. Well, thank you so much, Craig. I appreciate it. Um, I do encourage you that um, to stay on the call because we, um, I know the climate subcommittee has been has done a lot of work in terms of banning plastic bags and and getting an update on that. I don't know how that impacts your work, but um, but yeah, I mean, we our subcommittees are are really active, and um, I think there's a lot of great projects going on that um, that yeah, you could probably um, like put your thumb on and say, oh, I heard that in the sustainability advisory board meeting. I, I, I appreciate uh, the invitation and I will stay until I'm due to talk to the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission um, at 730. Uh, so I appreciate that invitation. I'm, I, I really have enjoyed this and uh, appreciate all the work that you're doing. Well, thank you so much. We usually wrap up around 730. So, um, and I imagine you're a busy guy. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, Jasmine, what's next up on our agenda? Jasmine Moore, sustainability director. Next up is staff uh, update um, on the climate action plan. So I'm happy to give that update. Um, so uh, we are squarely in our public engagement uh, section of the development of the plan. Um, we have been continuing our work with the Sunrise Project and the Climate and Energy Project uh, and the community coordinators who have been hired um, to do a lot of the community engagement. And uh, we have heard really positive things from, uh, from that work. Um, we uh, in the last conversations, uh, just um, uh, a very informal um, assessment, but it seemed like uh, out of the people that they have been talking to, about 95% would not have participated in this climate action plan process otherwise if they had not been um, reached in through the community coordinators. So we're really pleased to hear that. Um, some of the the target identities that have been um, reached through that are, uh, and Kim, I'm gonna invite you to jump in too because I forgot to pull this up, but um, some of the target identities that that have been reached through that uh, and are some are represented by the community coordinators are um, uh, communities of color. Um, we have folks who have experienced houselessness, uh, we have um, youth, we have uh, people over 65. Um, Kim, can I invite you to jump in with some of the other identities? Yes, uh, Kim Craner Ritchie, uh, Lawrence Douglas County Sustainability. Um, we also have on the list, um, sorry if I'm duplicating you, uh, Jasmine, um, incarcerated or formerly incarcerated, um, people experiencing food insecurity, people with intellectual physical disabilities, college students, um, people living outside or unhoused, I know you said that, experiencing poverty or LGBTQI+. Thanks, Kim. 
So, um, so we're really excited about the the outreach that's happened through with this process. And uh, in addition to that, we have also been doing some in um, presentations to different groups. And last count, uh, we had reached over 800 people just through presentations. Uh, and that's not even counting the um, the folks that may have watched a presentation after it was live. So, um, so in addition to those, we have our survey that's live and we've had over 500 people take our climate survey. And so we're starting to process that data as well. Um, there are materials in Spanish. Uh, and so we have uh, done some work to try to make sure that we have um some access accessible in different languages, uh, specifically Spanish. Um, and so our whole website is there's an English version and a Spanish version and the community surveys in Spanish as well. And some of our engagement um, and communication pieces are in Spanish. So we're trying to do our best to uh, stay true to the, the values uh, that were decided on um, before we even started the planning process in terms of uh, an inclusive and um, equitable uh, climate plan process. So um, that is where we are right now. I will just add that uh, with my departure, there there will probably be a delay in some uh, in our aggressive schedule for the climate action plan. So uh, staff will be working on what that a revised um, schedule looks like, um, but I would just ask that you have some patience as we go through this transition. Um, just as a reminder, we attempted to keep a lot of the work in-house and within our community. So um, we are, uh, because of that, we didn't hire an outside consultant to, to lead this process. Um, that does mean that when we do have some staffing changes, there's, there's gonna be a change in the schedule. So, uh, Kim, I'll look to you to see if there was anything that I missed that will be important to share on the climate plan right now. Um, it just uh, might, sorry, Kim Kreiner, Richie Lawrence, Douglas County Sustainability. Um, uh, might be worth adding that we are we recognized uh, where there are some gaps in, in um, that engagement uh, that uh, Sunrise no, um, noted that there there could be more interaction with um, um, with the indigenous community and that rural or outside Lawrence communities as part of this Lawrence Douglas County joint plan um, uh, could be more uh, sought after and so we are going to spend some some dedicated time in our elongated timeline uh, making sure we do that. Thanks, Kim. Uh, just one more uh, call to action. Uh, if you haven't taken the community survey, please do that. We would like to start um, really doing the analysis of that data starting on the after the, the 15th of this month. So we're going to do a push for this next week uh, to try to get some more input for that survey uh, that's out there right now um, so that we can really dig into the data and see to Kim's point of are there 
specific populations that were missing. So we asked for demographic information just so that we could know that, uh, so that if there is some targeted outreach we need to focus on at the beginning of the year, we can use this data to, to help us uh, determine that. And then the second call to action is that we're still uh, looking for climate ambassadors. And climate ambassadors are volunteers from the community who are willing to have a conversation or um, lead a discussion or a book club or um, get some folks together to watch a movie and, and discuss. Um, we have a climate ambassador guidebook that is a short 10 page PDF that each page uh, provides um, almost like a uh, game instructions for how to run the activity. So it tells you how many people uh, can be involved, how old they we recommend they be, and how much time it will take. So really intended to make it as easy as possible. Um, and the goal is to really foster these small, intimate conversations uh, all across the county related to this topic, um, because we find that those are really meaningful uh, and can help um, increase the visibility uh, and awareness around this topic. And then we ask uh, that those climate ambassadors share what they heard during those conversations. Uh, we know we're not going to hear back from everybody, but we're encouraged that there are the conversations happening regardless of um, if they get back to us or not. So. Uh, uh, if you haven't signed up to be a climate ambassador, um, you can go to our website, which is linked in the agenda. And um, the building the plan together section has all the information you need about being a climate ambassador. Are there any questions about the climate action plan? Okay. Well, in that case, I will move on uh, to something that we discussed earlier uh, in terms of staffing changes. Um, so I will be stepping down from my position. Um, Friday is my last day. Uh, we talked a little bit about the the uh, developing plan to help support this board. Um, I also wanted to share that Kim Kreiner Ritchie, who is currently our sustainability and food system analyst, um, has offered to continue to be a resource to this group on, on topics that are relevant uh, and um, uh, will be the point person for all county specific um, uh, matters for the sustainability office. And so um, just wanted to, to share that, that she is also a resource uh, as uh, we move into this transition. Thank thank you, Jasmine. Thank you, Kim. Um, thank that you. appreciation. <laughs> thanks. Um, Kim Kreiner Ritchie, Lawrence Douglas County Sustainability. Uh, I also wanted to, um, thanks, Jasmine. I, I wanted to add, you know, the, the Lawrence Douglas County Food System Plan, this is a, a joint plan um, as part of uh, uh, plan 2040 and so as you guys are progressing in your work and if food system issues come up within Lawrence um, the Food Policy Council um, a joint board Sarah Chenoweth your member is is um, a liaison for you to the Food Policy Council so if there are things that are um, city specific food related that the Food Policy Council can can help and partner and, and collaborate with you on. Um, definitely keep that in mind uh, just because it's happening in 
within the city of Lawrence doesn't mean that that we can't be involved and can't partner and help you with that. Um, and in all in things food, we are we are intertwined. So so just uh, keep that in mind and um, definitely available uh, to for you guys. Thanks, Kim. Uh, this is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. That is all I had for the staff report. Next up on the agenda is the subcommittee report. Makakwa. Um, okay, so I guess I'll start with the climate subcommittee. We had two meetings. Um, I, I don't think our first meeting was as productive as our second meeting. Um, and um, for those of you attending, I apologize for that. Um, but our second meeting was really productive. Um, Kay Johnson was the one who organized that. Um, and we had a talk with um, a couple of the, um, I don't know if they were owners or managers of some of the major grocery stores in town. Um, and we kind of got their feedback about how they're gonna be impacted by um, the plastic ban, ban, um, yeah, so um, I'm gonna let Kay describe it and, and report out. Um, and then um, I might follow up with additional comments. Go ahead, Kay. Sure, um, we had, um, I contacted four grocery stores that have um, interest and have stores in Lawrence, Checkers, Dillon's, Hy-Vee and the Merck. And all of them provided comments in some way. Uh, Dylan's and the Merck participated in our uh, meeting on December 1st. And um, I sent out to our subcommittee the written comments that we received from Hy-Vee, from Checkers and the Merck. Um, we will be um, receiving comments from Dylan's, the lady that participated in our meeting was not able to to get them to me yet, but she's out this week. I, I fully expect to get them on Friday or Monday next week, but um, they all did have uh, interesting considerations for the uh, our, our deliberations because um, we had with Dylan's and with uh, the Merck both said that they would prefer to have us have a goal rather than an ordinance that it would allow them to do what they need to do uh, with already their plans. Um, the Merck in particular said that they don't like to be the police, the policing agent when uh, folks come into the stores, the store. And uh, that was interesting, they've already banned uh, and eliminated plastic bags for um, for carrying groceries out. So they, even, even that, they said that they would rather have a goal. Um, they are also, each of the companies, even in the written comments from Checkers and Hy-Vee mentioned other things that they're doing, including recycling of plastic bags at their store. And uh, the Merck has a 2030 goal, 2033, something like that goal for um, eliminating plastic containers of their products. So uh, Dylan's has uh, several uh, innovative 
uh, programs also that they mentioned, including a zero waste goal. And I'm not sure exactly what year they have plans for that, but they have a, a plan, a corporate-wide plan for 2025 to eliminate uh, plastic bags. And those would those bags would be the ones that are used for uh, at checkout. And currently they have some thicker bags that are used for people that get deliveries. So um, that's kind of a summary of, of that. And uh, Stanley was on, on our uh, subcommittee meeting, in our subcommittee meeting, and Macaqua, so either of you feel free to add or contribute, whatever. I also did send the written comments to the subcommittee members, and um, we do have one public member that attends our subcommittee. Mm -hmm. This is Stan Rasmussen, SAB uh, board member. Uh, I, I would just add one other little thing that surprised me. Hearing from the folks at the Merck who had instituted a single-use bag ban quite a while ago had to had, they uh, acknowledged that they contemplated bringing them back this year because of supply chain issues they had such a hard time getting paper bags and other bags that they had to seriously contemplate bringing back single-use bags because of supply chain and i think we heard that also from the lady who spoke at dylan's that that has in some ways delayed some of their progress simply because of supply chain issues. And that, that was surprising to me to hear that. And then I, I did appreciate the, the two speakers from the Merck saying that they, and, that, and it also surprised me, and you already mentioned it, but to hear them say that they would prefer a goal rather than an outright ordinance banning all single-use bags. So those were things that surprised me during that meeting. Yeah, you know, I and while you're thinking uh, or speaking, Stanley, I, Kay Johnson, SAB board member, they also mentioned since they, uh, the Merck folks, that they started a, um, a second store in the Kansas City area. And their folks that lived in an area that they don't, that don't drive experience a lot more problems with the paper bags breaking um, when they're trying to carry them walking or in transit. Um, so they also expressed, you know, in, in certain communities that the paper is not as well um, handled uh, and boxes are, are cumbersome getting on a bus or riding a bike. So there were there was some really good discussions about considerations of the community that you're in uh, and how well people can uh, switch to different types of bags. This is Mako Kwa. Um, thank you so much, Kay and Stan. Um, it really was a good meeting. It was a productive meeting. <clears throat> of course, all these meetings are open to the public. Um, I did want to explain for those of you that um, that um, that maybe don't know is the original 
ordinance was written with with a fee attached to a plastic bag. So after the ban, there was original um, proposal to attach a fee if you if you use a plastic bag. Um, that is not feasible um, for the simple fact that it would be considered a tax, um, and that would have to be voted on. And so um, we had proposed both to the Merck and um, Dillon's um, that it would be much like the renewable energy goal um, and not a, an enforceable ordinance. Um, and we eliminated the fee language from the written um, draft ordinance altogether. And so um, so that's the explanation for that because there was language of, of putting money into a separate um, fund to help with uh, low-income people. And so all of that has had to have been eliminated. Um, and so we're just talking about uh, uh, in a goal for the city of Lawrence to eliminate plastic bags. Um, and, and the date would be listed in within the goal language. And so that's something that you guys will come up with later. Um, and Kay is right. I brought a little bit of my personal insight into um, the types of bags, you know, the type of bags that go over your shoulder because most people who walk or ride the bus need to be able to um, properly carry those bags. Um, bags that sit on the ground well, because if you're riding the bus and you want those bags to, to have a, a strong bottom so that they don't fall over and you're not having to pick up your groceries. Um, and also that uh, with you'll have to think about um, some of the paper bags are not uh, are not recyclable. And I don't think a lot of people know that, that not all paper is recyclable. And so when you're drafting your ordinance to think about, um, you know, putting recyclable language in there, both uh, for plastic bags and, and for um, paper bags. Um, and so those are just some of the things that, that I wanted to mention to the grocery store owners and managers. Um, and and to you guys as you move forward with this, obviously I'm not going to be on the board to um, to let you guys know. So, um, anyways, if we have any questions from the board members, and then we'll open it up to the public, um, let us know. I must have too many questions tonight. I'm sorry. Um, so I love. I think I'm so glad that you guys met with them and that they're in favor of a goal, right? That they're in favor of trying to reduce plastic bags. To me, part of that must come with data since we just spent a lot of time talking about that with Craig. Are those um, major contributors of plastic bags willing to share data on how many plastic bags or even cases of plastic bags, whatever their units are that they're using on a regular basis and how that number would change over time because with a goal and without enforcement through an ordinance, it could just be kind of wishful thinking, right? If we had data, we would have the ability to evaluate who's working towards that goal and who's not working towards that goal. So Kay can probably speak more to that, but I know that um, the lady from Kroger had talked about they have done some studies within their stores and i'm assuming that's part of that data um they did feasibility studies it sounds like and then um uh, assessments um and so they 
had she had mentioned they've done a lot of data collection about um, banning plastic bags from their stores. Um, I'm not sure if she'd be willing to share that data um, or if that's even made available to the public. But um, but that's something that the the subcommittee can move forward with and try and get a hold of that data for the board. Um, but uh, did, Kay, do you have much more to add? Well, I don't know what the numbers were, but she did seem like, I mean, they've done a lot of different studies. They've evaluated different types of bags and um, they even have, have tried to come up with an, an amount, uh, a cost for a, um, what they were trying to do was decide what it would be, it would cost per person in a community to, carry a um, a reusable bag and it was somewhere around seven dollars I think even though they she said don't quote me um, but I you know I think they have really looked at it trying to decide how they could best implement um, a program they are looking at plastic as a waste and they're looking at all, all types of you know, removing all types of waste because they have a zero waste program that they're trying to uh, implement. And so I, re I really did appreciate that. They also are real active in composting. And I think they work with us. They, they are actively working with the city of Wichita. Yeah, this is Ben Sykes, SAB board member. You know, they're the only ones that are taking in plastic bags. Uh, Dylan's is the only ones that are taking in plastic bags, to my knowledge, within the city as well. It would just be valuable to know kind of whether or not the things that they're changing or or not changing, whether or not that's helping to, you know, lower the number of bag plastic bags that are going into the out indoor city and things like that over time. I'm just curious if if they'd be willing to, you know, maybe just for the stores that they have here, Hy-Vee, I mean, the Merck would obviously already be able to do it because they've already eliminated it. But for some of these other stores, it might be valuable just to know, you know, for the four. And you're talking four. about how many plastic, I, I mean, my question is to you, what, what data are you interested in? How many plastic bags they currently use for their stores right now? Is that yeah. what you? Yeah. How, how many plastic bags do all the Dillon stores in Lawrence go through or distribute in a year? Or, or even, you know, if they have data that they want on a more fine scale, that'd be brilliant. But even something that large, and then is that number going down over time, that would show that we're approaching our goal, right? That we're getting closer to the goal rather than further away. We could have that goal, but we wouldn't have any data to say if we were moving towards it or away from it, unless we have something about plastic bags use in the city. And, and it seems like they're best positioned to provide us with that data since they're the ones buying it and distributing it. Um, other... Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. I've seen other communities um, ask companies to make commitments. When you have a goal, then you can ask a company to make a commitment. To me, that's a, a good way to do it. If they publicly admit that they're going to be, you know, eliminating a, you know, or a, a committing to a program, um, that's something that they could do, I think, easily. 
And we could ask him. I, I don't mind asking. Her name is Sheila Regeer. I don't mind asking her. Um, I expect to be in touch because she said that she would uh, try to get us some written comments as soon as she could. So I, I'll expect to be talking to her again. Yeah, this is Stan Rasmussen with the Sustainability Advisory Board. We didn't specifically ask her if they would share that data. But the way she talked certainly gave me the impression that they are collecting that data and they're making that available. She, they did she did acknowledge that they are working with the city of Wichita to implement a program at Dillon stores in Wichita to eliminate single use bags. We asked if they would consider doing that in Lawrence first. And they said, actually, no, Wichita wants to compete with Lawrence and they want to be the first city they don't want Lawrence to be the first city. They want Wichita to be the first city. So the Wichita city government feels that they're in competition with us, but they are implementing, according to her, Dylan's is implementing a program to eliminate those and they'll be tracking that information there. So I would suspect that that's something that they can provide here as well. But she was pretty knowledgeable about it all. Steve Kramer, board member, you know, Stan, that could uh, that could be a very interesting educational tactic if we could come up with a community drive about um, reusable bags uh, and try and beat Wichita to the punch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is Maka Kwa, sustainability chair. I'm like, I didn't know we were in competition with Wichita, but that definitely lit a fire under me. Like, we need to do something. So, um, call to action for the board. Get something done. <laughs> um, did we have any um, members of the public who wanted to comment, share some? I know there was members of the public on the call. Maybe they can add some commentary or have questions. This is Jasmine, Sustainability Director. Uh, if you are a member of the public and would like to share on this item, um, you can raise your hand or turn your camera on so that I know that you're interested. Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. So I, just, I, I just wanted to make a comment. Um, when you spoke with the people from these grocery stores, did they mention strategies that they were going to be using to try to achieve these goals? Because you can have goals, but if you don't have a strategy to, to approach that, um, you know, setting these numbers isn't going to be particularly useful. Whereas if you have an ordinance, you know, it, it mandates that you have to reach that. Uh, Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member, uh, Dylan says that they have a corporate goal for 2025. That is um, what they're shooting for. They said, um, you know, bar barring additional supply chain issues, uh, they they plan uh, nationwide to have um, the single-use plastic bag out of their stores. Well, did they have a strategy on how they're going to achieve that? I mean, the, the idea was originally to stop use of both paper and plastic bags um, and replace that with the reusable bags. So 
what is their strategy? Are they just going to go to paper bags? I can't speak for them. I don't know exactly uh, all that what they're doing, but it may be paper for at what at once. But um, they have to acknowledge that their patrons have to have some way to get the containers to their vehicles or to you know to carry out of their store. So they're they're ha they have to have some ability to provide um, you know containers whether it's paper or boxes or whatever, uh, you know, so right now I believe it's just plastic. Just reduce plastic. Nancy, um, they did mention, um, or the lady from, um, from um, Kroger mentioned that they did some feasibility studies. And so I'm assuming part of those feasibility studies, usually part of those feasibility studies is the best way to transition. Um, she didn't share specifics with us, um, but she did mention that they've, they've got a lot of data on how they're going to approach banning plastic bags. Um, like I said, um, following up with them, that can be one of the questions that the subcommittee asks. Um, and then also, uh, we did not mention a, a paper bag ban just because um, we want to leave the option open to switching to something else. Um, uh, the board can mention later on or can talk about later on whether that the goal could include paper bags. Um, but I mean, these are all great options for writing the, the goal out. Um, one of the reasons, another reason why we didn't approach um, making a, an enforceable ordinance is because we see the outcry of um, the mask mandate. And so if you have um, another mandate on top of that, um, we're already in a high tension time of mandating anything from the public. And so we thought it best um, in this time frame to to look at, at, at goal language rather than a mandate. However, that's not to say that that once you approach that in the future, then it become it could become an enforceable um, ordinance. Um, but keeping in mind that, um, like one of the Sunrise Movement people mentioned, that the state can come in and uh, and supersede the the city laws when it comes to banning plastic bags. That's what they did last time. It was. Uh, it was uh, proposed in the legislature. Now it didn't go anywhere in the state legislature. However, you know that um, that could change in the future. However, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, getting on the same page about having a goal and and we see how how well the city responded to the renewable energy goal. Um, I think in the city of Lawrence um, and in the time that we're in right now, that 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 would be the best option. But um, but the board moving forward can, I mean, and, and community engagement can shape that conversation much differently. And so, you know, if the city um, community wants something different, then then by all means, you know, this, the, the board serves at the service of the community. So, um, yeah. I was just trying to encourage that you discuss with them what their strategies are to achieve those goals, because, you know, maybe you don't know about them now, but if they have these goals, what strategies would they plan to use so that it makes it a more solid goal, something that's achievable? So thank you so much. 
This is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. I just wanted to do a time check. Uh, we have about 10 more minutes uh, at most before we need to transition to the next meeting. Okay, it didn't sound like we had any more comments from the public, but one last call if anybody has any more comments, questions about the subcommittee report out. Michael Allman has his hand up. Hi, thank you, Jasmine. And good luck in your future endeavors, by the way. Thank you for all your work. Um, I'm, I'm very skeptical about this goal. Hey, sorry about that. I was trying to, um, been listening to the sustainability advisory board for the city and it, it was my turn to talk to. I'm sorry, what was that all about? Go ahead, Michael. We just had to mute somebody. Oh, okay. Um, like I was saying, I'm quite skeptical about this goal approach. I'm still in favor of an ordinance um, or something with some kind of teeth behind it because the climate crisis really isn't gonna wait for, for like supply chain issues to be resolved. Matter of fact, with the climate crisis, supply chain is probably gonna become more problematic. So we really need to move on this in a way that's gonna be effective. And I, I appreciate what Ben Sykes said about tracking the progress and, and what the previous speaker said also about tracking the progress. You know, if they have goals, when you consider that 196 nations have been discussing climate goals for 30 years and they've made no progress getting to those goals to uh, 1.5 or two degrees centigrade. You, you, you have to wonder, you know, well, is this legitimate? Are they sincere? Is it lip service? Is it wishful thinking like Ben Sykes said? So I have a fair amount of trust in Kroger Company actually. Um, they've been doing this in other communities and they're making progress and I think they're sincere about it, but we don't know that about all the players. Um, if they have a goal and they're sincere about it, they really will have an implementation plan. When you think about the, the 196 nations, there's only a handful of those that have implementation plans of how they're gonna get to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Most of them have goals and they've never come up with a plan. So if you're going to do this goal approach, it must be partnered with public disclosure about what's your implementation plan? How are you gonna do it? Is this for real? And it's not just for grocery stores. The way the ordinance is currently written, it's every retailer. Now I kind of have issues with some of that. I think it might be better just to focus on the big box stores and the grocery stores, but that's another question. Nevertheless, there are a lot more players, more retailers in this than just for grocery stores. And how are we gonna hold them accountable is the question. And if they have a publicly disclosed strategy and implementation plan, then, and some data points, like, you know, what did the city manager say about data points? We need those data points. We need to know if what we're doing here is having any effect. So 
please take all that into consideration. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate that. And I think that gives a lot, gives the board a lot to think about moving forward with these discussions. So um, Jasmine, um, what do we have next for the agenda? Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Next up on the agenda is future agenda items. This is Stan Rasmussen with the Sustainability Advisory Board. I, I, I think before we talk about future agenda items, we should be talking about are we having a meeting next month? Are we following Jasmine's recommendation to delay our next meeting until February? We've only got a few minutes left before we have to leave. So we should probably talk about something like that. This is Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. It it seems to me if we if we wait another month before we have an election, then that's another month that we're delayed with a chair. Um, I'm wondering if we should have a January meeting just for the election for the chair. And then that would give the city staff time to work on other things, whatever they're trying to do to provide uh, support to the sustainability advisory board. At least to me, it seems like we should at least have our election. Keep in mind guys that, um, this is Michael Kwa, um, keep in mind that Jasmine is the only one that can send out information to everybody. Um, and so it'd be up to you guys to contact uh, one another about this information, especially the people that aren't here tonight on the, at the meeting. Um, and, and then um, who would take over those elections? Um, Kira would step up into the chair at this point. Um, and so I hope everybody supports her in that endeavor. Um, but I just wanted to to remind everybody that there will be nobody there to to send a registration link out for the meetings for anybody to disperse information. Um, and Jasmine can correct me on that of who would take over that role, but um, that might be that might be a factor in your decision to have a meeting. This is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Uh, so, with my transition, uh, th there, you know, that passing on of responsibility for the technical support for this board is everything Makakwa talked about in terms of um, communication directly with board members, posting of the agenda, getting the Zoom registration, uh, making sure that we have the room here. So just some of those technical things um, would, if you decide to do a January meeting, um, someone from state city staff would, would figure out how to get that done. Um, I was recommending that you uh, take January off because we don't know who that person's gonna be yet. And and I'm unsure of that person's, um, you know, they, they will have to delegate some of their work in order to take on some of this work. And so um, that's, one, that's one of the reasons why I recommended waiting to until February. Um, if there's not anything pressing, but to Kay's point, if you feel like elections are pressing, then city will make a meeting happen, but uh, just want to, you know, depending on what direction you give. 
the Kramer Advisory Board. <clears throat> uh, even if we did elect a, a new chair, I'm not so sure there's really effective duties that can occur uh, with the constraints of the bylaws, public meetings, so forth. Um, I particularly, I'm, I'm probably in favor of waiting until we can conduct this in the, uh, in the correct manner and according to all the bylaws. Um, and also, I think we could pick up the agenda again in February. Jasmine, is this something that have you voted on? I'll just make a motion that we delay our next meeting until February. This is Stan Rasmussen with the advisory board. I'll second. That's fine with me. This is Kay, Kay Johnson. Open it up to the public. I do not see anyone from the public who wants to give comment on this item. Okay. I would like That's to add that if we do um, designate a new director, I would like to know about it as uh, as soon as is uh, proper. This is Jasmine, Sustainability Advisor Board. Yes, I will make sure that that communication gets to, um, well, Craig's on the line anyway. Uh, so city manager's office is aware that um, this is one of the pieces that will need to be communicated out to you all as a board. So there you go, got Craig's thumbs up. All right, so um, Jasmine, do you mind calling out the board members and seeing what they vote on? Yes, I so- a oh, quick question, sorry, Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board. Just wanna make it clear then without a chair, um, then we won't have any business until February. There is a chair, uh, Kira will step up and take the chair position um, once I step down. That's what we have a vice chair for, so. Um, so Jasmine, do you mind before we run out of time? Okay, uh, Stan. Yes. Steve. Yes. Sarah. Yes. Kay. Yes. Makakwa. I'm abstaining because I don't think it's appropriate for me to vote on this. I think without your vote. We don't have a quorum. I, we don't have quorum. So I think you should vote. <laughs> You're still a member of the board. You're still a member. You're still a member it's of the okay. board. I it's don't, don't see anything improper with that. Okay, then uh, if I were part of the board, then I would vote yes. Yes. Okay, it's official. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's Devin, seven. Do we have any more pressing issues? We got like one minute left. Yeah, seven twenty-seven. Advisory board. I would like just to ask everybody to show appreciation to both Makakwa and to Jasmine. Um, just having been here for three months, I have been impressed. Thank you, everybody. Jasmine and Michael. Is it jazz hands now we do, Jasmine? Because I think I've used thumbs up more than I've ever used thumbs up in my entire life now that we're on Zoom. So I could do jazz hands too. It's on, it's on brand for me. So, <laughs> all right. I think that's it, everyone. Thank you all. It's been a pleasure. Well, I just want to say thank you everybody for uh, electing me to be your chair. I hope I did you well this year. 
Um, I really, really appreciate the all the work that you guys put into this board. And um, I step away from the board wholeheartedly um, believing that you guys are going to get this work done. So thank you so much.